Let's go to Adelaide, though. Let's get uh, the latest news there. It's been a busy week for Adelaide Sport, Wayne. Magic Ground, Live Golf, ODI Cricket. Theo Deropolis is living the dream over there. Morning, Theo. G'day, fellas. Plenty going on for once. It's great, isn't it? Yes, absolutely it is. Um, Well, let's start with the immediate because there's a one-day international today. We're going to get through without any, uh, any weather issues at all. No, perfect day for once over here today. Hopefully a, a reasonable crowd turns out to watch the best white ball team on the planet really take on a side that probably struggled for identity and, and selection in the last uh, few weeks. So, like England, I like that Josh Butler came out yesterday and he said, look, there's no point in pretending we're going to be at our very best. We've been on the cans for a couple of days, and rightly so. And, and Paddy Cummins said, well, if they don't deserve to do it now, then when do? So I think it's uh, it's been great build-up. The, uh, the English guys will come in, you know, as riding high after their T20 World Cup win, but understandably perhaps uh, a little bit under the weather. And the Aussie skipper, he's got a bit to deal with too. His first time in charge of a one-day side, he's coming off about a gastro and a, a, a dismal T20 World Cup campaign by his own guys. So, yeah, there's a bit to prove uh, from both sides. Um, Theo, the, the Australian team's a little bit on the nose, you know, with just the look of attitude and what the players are about. I mean, what sort of crowd figures are they expecting? What's the ticket sales like? Well, it's fair to say there's a seat available, Dunny, if you want to come over and have a look. I think that's, <laughs> that's fair to assume. Look, I think traditionally, look, it's a Thursday. Uh, it's going to be a, a beautiful day here in Adelaide. You'd like to see around that sort of 25,000, 30,000, especially in the night session. That'd be a that'd be a, a brilliant crowd, I think. Um, I think it's just hard. People aren't quite prepared for ODI cricket. Traditionally, we're used to seeing them in sort of yeah late Jan, early Feb. Um, but yeah, you'd like to see the uh, the cricket loving public here in Adelaide, and they do get around their sides. Yeah, hopefully turn out to see you know a great chase under lights or something like that in the later session tonight. Glenn Maxwell, uh, bizarre injury. He's going to miss three months of cricket with a, a broken leg. Who comes into the team to play that that middle order role that Maxwell's made his own? Well, you think, I mean, you look at the side, you're probably talking Labashane and Smith bat three alongside Head and Warner, and then you're talking like Stoinis Marsh and, and Cam Green, really. So, and then Carey, and you roll into Cummins and Stark. So the lineup pretty much picks itself. Cam Green's the interesting one, isn't it? I mean, he's going to be the guy going forward that you know, Australia has to really protect and understand how best to get the most out of his talents with both disciplines. And, I mean, the beauty of Stoinis is he bowls and whacks him and, and Mitch Marsh as well played some uh, some pretty reasonable knocks in one-day cricket and T20 cricket of late, batting up the order. So, yeah, you'd like to see either one of those guys slot in. Um, wouldn't be surprised to see Cam Green used in a variety of roles during this three-game series, guys. But, yeah, an interesting one for Glenn Maxwell. Just unfortunate. Pat Cummins said there's nothing you can really do. If someone gets uh, injured in a bit of a freak accident away from cricket, there's no real frustration that it happened away while they were celebrating a friend's birthday. I think that's just part of life. Accidents happen. What about uh, your man, Head, opening the batting? Well, he's got a great record up top of the order, Dunny. I think he's, uh, he's got a couple of hundreds. He averages close to 40, and he strikes him at about 95. So he's going better than Aaron Finch. He's comparable to Dave Warner and Steve Smith. I think his numbers in the top two really do speak for themselves. And, at themselves. and if he gets away to a reasonable start then you've got to stop him and Warner they both hit him in different sort of quadrants of the ground Trav heads good through cover and sort of backward point Warner can take you down the ground and mid wicket so you've got to protect against two vastly different players and it, he could just show what Australia will look forward to in the 2023 World Cup of course to be played in India which is going to be a bit of a different story in terms of the bowling we're going to face and 
how good we are against spin, but Travis is a reasonable player of spin too. He attacks it. And I think if you've seen him play recently, I mean, he was man of the series in the Ashes, wasn't he? A blistering Hobart uh, 100 in the, the final match. And I think we'd look forward to seeing a fair bit of that today. He's got 100 at the Adelaide Oval, opening the batting in one-day cricket. Wouldn't it be nice to see him get another one? Theodoropoulos is with us, former first-class cricketer, Channel 7 uh, sports reporter. A big few days for South Australian sport. Theo, um, pretty gallant effort from the Redbacks over here yesterday. Probably just 20 short in the end, but they fought right to the end. Henry Hunt's maiden list day 100 and a fairly good effort with the ball. Um, they're playing some good one-day cricket, the Redbacks, this year. They sit second for a reason. Yeah, they've got that part of their game going OK. I think the shield game we saw it just a horrible collapse. It was really white flag stuff in that second innings. But no, the one-day cricket, they seem to be going all right. And I, I watched a few of the highlights yesterday, some beautiful commentary, I must add. And I just feel like uh, at the Wacker, you know that 260, 270 just isn't enough unless you you really bowl well or there's something in the surface. Traditionally, it's just such a beautiful surface. The outfield is majestic through the field. It's four. So yeah, I think they were a bit light on and they did rally. You always felt WA had the game pretty much in control, barring a, you know, a bit of a late wobble, which did happen. And great to see a bit of positivity around South Australian cricket in one format. But of, of course, there are so many questions about what's going on with the uh, the red ball type stuff, fellas. It's a real head scratcher. Yeah, and it, it's, it upsets you really in a way because they played some terrific cricket in that four day game. The first day, you know, to get to where they were after being put in five for two fifty eight, I think it was. And then to collapse the next morning and then it was a horrible day the second day. But then their bowlers came out and just bowled so well after, you know, WA got away, got ten for hundred and eighty eight. That that's the frustrating bit about it. But it's like they don't believe they can do things. Well, it's, it's funny how teams can sort of play, and any athlete, Danny, you've known in that industry, you've experienced it, that once you're in a situation where seemingly you know, all hope is lost, you, you tend to just throw all your inhibitions out the door and take yep. it on, don't you? Yep. How many times have you seen a, a golfer or a cricketer, you know, whether they're out of the race and all of a sudden they come out and shoot three or four under or a bloke belts 80 in a session when he's out of form? It seems to happen to South Australia that they get themselves, they get themselves in these just atrocious positions where they can't recover from, and then all of a sudden they do. They take 10 for 100, and you sort of wonder, well, that's all well and good. Where was that when the side was sort of you know, none for none instead of three for 300? So, yeah, some difficult positions, uh, and I think they can't keep going back to, yeah, we didn't have Travis, we didn't have Alex, because that's about to happen for the next three or four months. So, yeah, I, I feel like Conway's been a little bit disappointing in what I've seen so far. Buckingham's injured. Uh, Thornton, I think, has got some tools, but he's just so raw. I mean, he's 24, 25, but hasn't played a lot at the level. I think yeah, a lot relies to, on uh, Agar, and, and even Menenti as a spinner and a, a lower-order batsman's come along, and he's had a, a wonderful start to his career. But, yeah, there are still it's a real source of frustration, not only for me, but for fans as well. You just check some of the, the action on Twitter, and yeah, people are uh, yeah, growing tired of seeing the old white flag from South Australia at times. Well, the two bowls you mentioned there, Thornton and, and um, Buckingham, they, they've got a bit, so you can work on that, mate. Yeah, Buckingham's good. He's a young kid. He's um, come over and made a real fist of it. I watched him in the Shield game against Tassie, and he, he just looked dangerous. He's got a bit of Jason Gillespie about him. He's got that you know, good rhythmic approach to the crease, and then he just explodes, real witty sort of action, and, and gets him through around that sort of low to mid-130s, which as a young guy learning his craft, that's that's a lot you can work with. And 
the hope is that he gets a, a little stronger in his body, a bit more experienced and fitter. And you know, if you can gain a yard or two, I mean, you don't need to bowl 145 to have an impact. We've seen guys do it, so just about working on his craft and and really learning at first class level how to bowl and when to bowl what ball and all the tools that come with being a successful first class cricketer. Not that Danny I would know a great deal about that, to be honest with you. Hey, see, I know you got to go in a moment. Just a couple of quick ones. Uh, April next year is going to be uh, South Australia, the sporting capital of uh, the world, with uh, the the AFL coming to town for a, a weekend, and then the next weekend is the Live Golf event, which is massive uh, for Australian golf for a number of reasons. How's it been received? The golf and the the Magic Round. Uh, Magic Round. I think people are, are sort of excited that it's going to be in Adelaide, but again, sort of questioning the virtue of having a you know Gold Coast be sort of Sydney or Fremantle played in the Barossa Valley. I mean, it'd be a nice little tourism advertisement for the government, but whether you'd get you know, a group of fans to get along, I suppose, remains to be seen. It reminds me of what happened in 2019 when we had the COVID sort of thing. You know, games were played on the Gold Coast. I remember doing some commentary for Sydney West Coast, and there, there might have been you know, 30, 40 people sitting in the crowd. So I hope it doesn't come to that. I hope it's pretty well supported and, and fans get around it. But the Live Golf, I mean... That's one that's obviously come with a bit of controversy, but speaking to people around the golf club, around just the circles, it's so exciting. It's never happened something like this in Australia. I mean, you think about when Tiger Woods was down here, that's probably the height of the excitement we've had. But now we're going to have sort of 40 or 50 of the world's best golfers. It's probably unlikely to have ever happened in the Southern Hemisphere, to be honest, let alone in Australia. So going to be at the beautiful Grange Golf Club, um, it's wonderful facility and yeah I, I think there's a real appetite for it a four-year deal so the next four years we're going to see the world's best players uh, provided that this competition stands on its own two feet and yeah you know, I, I don't think you would ever get the opportunity to get up close and and see these guys uh, around this complex and yeah it's going to be amazing a huge boost for the state huge boost for golf lovers and fans in general how good's the grange have you played it uh, yeah, once or twice. Yeah, I do donate my uh, my annual membership fund to that complex. So I've uh, oh, yeah, sorry. I've had a fair bit of time <laughs> sorry. at the Grange Golf Club, fellas. It's a majestic place. I couldn't recommend it highly enough. Hey, oh, as we dear, as we let you go, where do we find you at the moment? Uh, just doing a, just a morning stroll before I head into the office, boys. Ah, well, Always uh, just try and fit a little half hour in. Well, thank you for taking some time to chat to us while you uh, complete that commute and uh, enjoy what's a busy day of sport in, in SA. Uh, Theo, thanks for joining us. The great. Good on you, fellas. All the best. Theo Diopoulos with us here on Sports Breakfast out of Adelaide as uh, he gets ready for the ODI between Australia and England today. Uh, party mode is over for England and Australia have a little bit to prove.